Tim and Susan, and we love the Word, and we love living real. So we invite you to join us as we look at the Word this week and life this week. So I have our piece of useless trivia for the week. Okay, I'm ready. I was really caught by this little piece of trivia, and that is that since the early 1980s, for the first time since the early 1980s, maybe okay, like... hold like, on. 1980s. We were alive then. We were. Like okay. s- probably since about 1983. This is our okay. wheelhouse. Okay. Uh, for the first time since the early 1980s, vinyl is going to outsell CDs for music sales. That is really surprising. Not about the vinyl part, but about the CD sales being that... Okay, wait, maybe I'm not understanding this. Because I'm like, I don't think the CDs were sold very much in 83. Or they 84 were. They were coming or 85. Out. They, were, they, were, they were coming along. But I still had, like, on youth trips in, like, 85 and 86 and 87, I still had, like, the yellow Walkman with the little spongy ear things. And I was listening to cassettes. And I remember going to the mall, to the store, and buying, like, singles on cassette and buying cassettes. I don't think I was buying CDs until college. Oh, no. They were 84, 85. I mean, somebody's Googling this right now. I doubt it. But they should be Googling Did this to see. Did you buy CDs? Uh, no, I didn't have Did money for CDs. Did you have a CD player? No. I don't think so either. But I may not be the best measure of what was happening That's and true. cool in the early okay. 1980s. But I think that you're right that the whole competition between vinyls versus CDs yeah. skips right over what in the early 80s we were listening to the We most. were all listening to cassettes. Yeah. I'm telling you, in high school, I had singles and I had cassettes. I'm going to ask this question on Facebook because I just feel like, I don't know exactly how I'm going to phrase it, but I might even just ask the people our age, like when, what's the first CD that you bought? Okay. I'd be curious to know because I mean, I'm saying I had, um, Millie Vanilli on cassette. (laughs) I had the, um, who are the boys, the, um, boys to men on cassette. I had Amy Grant on cassette. Like, I did not have CDs of those songs and those, I mean, Michael W. Smith on cassette. Right. But how many vinyls did you buy? How many records did you buy? No, the last vinyl I had was when I was like five or six, and it was Donnie and Marie Osmond. Yes. It was Donnie and Marie going coconuts. (laughs) And I can still picture the front of that album and, I mean, of that vinyl. And, like, we had the cover and we had a record player and we sang it and I knew every song. So I don't think in my lifetime I ever bought a vinyl record. Now, my parents had vinyl records. Yes, But I don't think I ever went and bought a vinyl record. No. I bought cassettes. Somebody probably gave us Donnie and Marie going coconuts. I ordered my cassettes from the Christian Record and Tape Club. Oh, did you do the, remember when they were 99 cents? Yes. No, that's what you did? Yes. Was it a scam? I just no, but I had to keep buying them, but they weren't too bad. I mean, it was like I had to buy monthly, like yeah. four ninety nine a month, but that was cheaper than the ten wow. bucks they were selling them in the store. I didn't know you were that cool, but you also weren't buying them from like Teen Beat magazine. You were buying them from the Christian. I was. I got my first Rich radio. Mullins uh, <laughs> yeah. ones. Yeah. I got some Degarmo and Key Commander Sozo and the Light Brigade. Listening to this knows who any of those things are that we're talking about. We are clearly really? giving away our age. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we lived in a little. We lived in a certain age, and we lived yes. in a little subset of Christian history. Yeah, Petra. That's it. Okay, so I have something super exciting. I have been waiting for at least twenty-four hours now 
to tell our podcast listeners this really exciting news. And there are very few things in the world that you have ever waited 24 hours to hold in. Well, I really couldn't help it because I just had to wait and find out what happened. But if they listened to last week's Wrongs and Strongs, and I talked about my NFL fantasy football team and how I just happened to get this team with all these kids and college students, and I have no clue what I'm doing, and I'm just sticking my neck out there and doing it because Ashley invited us and she really wanted us to do it. Right. Okay, and then I ended up with like an accidental second team yes. playing with strangers. So you I don't went even from know. never having played fantasy football, never yes. even looking at a fantasy football yes. app, to now you're in two leagues. Two leagues. Okay. How you doing? The first league of strangers that I don't even know. Is that the name of the league? The League of Strangers? It should be because That's I don't a have good a name. clue. And we tell our children, don't go talk to strangers on I mean, I don't talk to any of them. But like, don't play with strangers on the internet. Like, that's a warning. And now I'm on this league of football team NFL fantasy football with these people. Anyhow, I won. You won? I won my game. Okay. And I won it like handily. I don't know, by like 20 points or something. I won. And I am now fourth in that league. Okay. I started at seventh, I think based on my players and who I had. I started at seventh place and I am now fourth. So you outperformed what they expected. I did. I was so pleased. But listen. I'm listening. My NFL fantasy football team... With the college kids who are young and they text message and they have group chats and they wake me up at like 1130 at night when I'm sleeping and they send group messages to um, that I'm a part of. I also won that one. Really? But I didn't just win that one by a little bit. I scored 169 points. That sounds like I did something, but I really didn't. My whole <laughs> mantra last week was I click a button and I'm successful or something. I push I the buttons and I'm number one. Yeah, I push the buttons and I'm number one. So, but 169 points is a ginormous amount of points. It is. I've never scored that In many. fantasy football. Yeah. And I am now number one in that league. So I'm just saying I've been so pleased about it because it really was... Everything was auto-drafted. It automatically happened. I had no control over any of it. And luck of the draw, I'm number one. (laughs) So are they giving you due respect? They recognize that no. mm -mm, No. (laughs) I don't think in either place. No. No. Have the words beginner's luck been mentioned? No. No. They haven't slammed me. And they haven't given me props either. It's just kind of been a flat of like, okay, that happened. Yeah. Okay. So if anybody from that league yeah. is listening right now, yeah. what would you tell them? I'm going to take you down this coming week. Okay. <laughs> Probably not. But that's how I feel. I feel so good. Like you feel like, okay, look what I did. Look, at, look how I did this. And then here's the reality. Yeah. It made me care about football. Which is actually of great benefit to you. You should have gotten me accidentally into an NFL fantasy football league years ago and we would have watched far more football. Yeah. Because I just don't care about it that much. So who's talked more about fantasy football this week? Yeah. And then as soon as the games were over and I woke up this morning, I laid in bed and looked at my phone and thought, do I need to trade any players? Do I need to do anything differently for next week? I have a problem. So who are some (laughs) of the players that are on your team? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. I know that Kamara is, and he's yeah. a saint. Yes, he is. I mean, he plays for the saints. Yes. We can't vouch for his... I don't know. My quarterback is from the... Um, You know who he is. I do. I can't... I don't know what team he is. It's red and white and blue team. No, it's a... Who, where's he from? 
Dallas. Oh, Dallas Cowboys. Okay, yeah. See, I don't... Nope, I don't know. I just push a button and it all works. I don't know. <laughs> that's it. That's a, that's a great theory in life. So, we should probably change the subject because it's just going to go downhill from here. So, what do you have in the word? About the word? Around the word? What are you <laughs> well, bringing? We uh, ran a couple errands tonight before the podcast and uh, one did. of them was to get frozen yogurt. <gasps> um, that's true. But the other one was you wanted to go check on a book at Books A Million, so we stopped in at Books A Million. Now, second thought, you are playing fantasy football and choosing to go to a bookstore. This is completely new it's world. It's like I'm not the same person you married. <laughs> so we're wandering around. That's because around. the bookstore is not my favorite place. Right. Yes. So we're and wandering football. around, and we ended up on the Bible aisle. Now, yeah. I don't ever spend much time on the Bible aisle because, um, well, I have my Bibles that, yes. that I need. I have more Bibles. So, and if I'm going to buy a Bible, I'm probably going to go to... Either I'm going to go online, find what I'm looking for, or I might go to a Christian bookstore or something like that. So I haven't been on the Bible aisle of hardly any place, let alone Books A Million, in forever. And as I walked down that aisle, I thought, hmm. if I were a person looking for a Bible for the first time, I would be so completely overwhelmed. Yes. I mean, there was literally a hundred feet. Yeah. Of Bibles. I was about to say, there was actually a surprisingly good selection of Bibles at Books A Million. I did I was not expect that. that much of a good selection. I would say a hundred feet yeah. of two complete aisles mm -hmm. with Bibles. And if, right. and if you are a person who is young in your faith, you are exploring your faith, you just have a sense, I, I, I want to read the Bible. I want to get started. Mm -hmm. How would you even know what? It would be so overwhelming, I would think. I, right. I don't want to be condescending to anybody there, but I'm just thinking, they're like, what is the difference between all these Bible? How do I choose? Well, it's really interesting you say that because I've just recently, I mean, Sunday morning, Sunday morning in Sunday school, leaving Sunday school class, someone stopped and asked, hey, I have this friend, um, this person that I've been talking to lately, and I really want to get them a Bible. What would you suggest? Yeah. So I think the question is asked often, and I've also dealt with some people young, you know, newer in their faith lately who have said, what kind of Bible should I have? What kind of thing? So I've actually been having these conversations and... I probably had no idea how intimidating that process yes, was. Actually, I would say that I know that one of them went to the store and was so intimidated by the amount of Bibles. And she texted me and said, I had no idea there was a wall of Bibles to be found in this store. Yeah. And I think she was in Lifeway store, but which is, you know, made for Bibles and stuff. But yeah, very overwhelming. Very overwhelming. Yeah. So just a couple of things that I was that I was just trying to think of. How do you how do you choose uh, a Bible? One of the things is one of the differentiations, and, and most of you that are listening to this podcast or already understand that is is Bible translations. And so, you know, you just have to know that there's different translations now the translations none of them are perfect not a single one of them is is the best one over the other um but there's just you got to choose one of the translations um i would find out the translation that they're using at your church that the mm -hmm. pastor preaches from most of the time that way you can just kind of follow along in in that place understand that the vast majority of the translations uh, have their own strengths and weaknesses and so uh 
just know some of the differences in those are minor word order, word choices of a translation. And so you need to find a, a translation. But don't you think that there are, I mean, you say that, and actually I'll tell you that the translation actually recommended to this person who was going to get a Bible to someone who was pretty new and experiencing all this, I actually said the New Living Translation. Only because I feel like it is so readable. And for someone who needs right. readability, who's not in maybe in a Bible study, who's actually going to pick it up and read it on their own in their house for just the words that make sense to them. I would not recommend a New American Standard to that person because it's just more complex and right. it's not as readable. So in that way... And in the New Living Translation, I mean, not to get too precise about translations. Yes. I know you're not, not the biggest fan of it. It's but. not the best translation for deep study, but right. if you are at the entry point. Yes, that's what this just person was. read, get the flow, yes. the tone, the spirit of exactly. the text. And not understand get bogged it. down right. in the words of it. I, I think that, I mean, I'm not trying to minimize this in any way, but I, I think that even many of the study Bibles and the extra notes mm -hmm. that I picked up, even for some of the Bibles that were designed for uh, a person just getting familiar with the Word of God, they had charts and graphs mm -hmm. and things like that. But I even looked at the charts and graphs and I said, this is still too precise. Right. This right. is still not helping right. a brand new person uh, get right. a grip or a grasp on the mm -hmm. uh, on the word, and so it is difficult. Um, now, I think you you choose a translation, and then the next thing that you'll see is you'll see the the study content, uh, the extra pieces that are part of the Bible. Um, I would say these are called like the a study Bible. Do you now, use a study Bible? I generally don't, but part of mm -hmm. that is I've been to seminary a couple different times. Right. I have a couple different right. seminary degrees, and so a lot of the stuff that's in the notes, I kind of have familiarity with. The other thing is I have an entire library that that I can go to if I need to look stuff up. But a lot of the times I like just the text. But again, yeah. a new person can use the notes at the bottom of the mm -hmm. page mm -hmm. that can tell them this is who so-and-so is and this is what mm -hmm. this word means and this is what this tradition comes from. But, but I would say that the less specialized the name is, the better. So something like the ESV study Bible. Okay. Not study Bible for sailors. Not, yeah, I was going to say. You know, not for left-handed yes, yeah. croquet players. There is, yeah. But the more overarching, the better. Uh, one of the things that they do when they market a Bible is they try to tell you this Bible is just for you. Right. The wider the application is, the better. So there's an ESV study Bible. Mm -hmm. There's an NIV study Bible. There's a life application uh, mm -hmm. study Bible. Th those are good, broad uh, based things. I think I had a study Bible years ago that you had given me. Mm -hmm. I think I remember that. I do not currently have a study Bible. I don't. And okay. I actually don't. I think I would find it garbled. I, I'm like you. Now, that's a personal opinion. Yeah. That's, that's a personal preference. There's nothing wrong. There's actually good reason for the study Bible. But I just, I like the text. I just like the text. Yeah. Now, so. you have some study features. You have introductions to the I book. I do. There is an introduction to each book. And, that's And there's true. probably usually some timelines. You're looking yeah. at a timeline right now. That's true. So there are more study features, even a normal text Bible. So the, but this isn't called a study Bible. It doesn't have that in its no. title. Okay. But it is a, it's a reference Bible or a okay. study Bible. See, mine that I use is just a text Bible. Literally the text. It, it has that's almost it. nothing okay. but okay. The, the text of the, the scripture. But again... Part of it 
I'm looking for, I'm looking for a Bible that I just call medium in size. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want it to be large enough that, that I can, can read it yeah. and small enough that I don't have to pull a muscle while I'm right. carrying it around in the pulpit. So I'm, right. I'm looking for kind of a, a different thing. And then there are different features in the Bible. Again, the notes at the bottom of the page, the charts, the introductions. Sometimes there are study questions that come on mm-hmm. that. I, I like the ones with study questions that, that kind of give you, okay, now think about this. Mm-hmm. Don't just read mm-hmm. it, but think about it. I, I think some of the features that are the, the most popular feature today, uh, well, one of the most popular features is to have artistic Yes. Things. You know what? And I don't dislike Where that. you either color them or yeah. they have the graphics on the side. My Bible has a little bit of that, yeah. but not a lot of it. I don't think it. you go crazy, it has but I, a little bit I, of I, it. I don't, I don't mind emphasizing right. a, a verse of scripture and kind of right. drawing your mind to it. I don't mind some visual uh, application to it. Uh, but I think one of the best features that, that you have a little bit in yours um, is is the wide margins mm-hmm. and space for you to write in your mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah. I, I think that's the number one uh, feature that, that, that I'm looking for. Write a question, right. highlight something, notes, all those kinds of things that I think are, are really, really Do really you know, useful. I don't think, I think tonight when we were looking at all those Bibles, I did not see one single Bible with a book tag, a book ah, markers. What did, yeah. what would they be called? Tabs. Uh, tab, said, the tabs with the books. I didn't think I saw a single one of those. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember seeing No. It. They used to, you used to buy the tabs and put the little bookmarks right, on. Right. Right. Or they used to have what they called thumb indexed, yep. Yep. which is the ones where like an old like an old dictionary yeah. that would be cut out and you yep. could find it. Yeah, That's, I, didn't see I had it. one of those, but I'm thinking I haven't seen one of those Bibles in a yeah. long time. And those would actually still be helpful now. Yeah, I think that they would be. So, and I'll tell you, because the passage that I'm going to go to tonight, I uh, could have used a little tab to help find that book. <laughs> the other thing the Bibles don't have today that I kind of miss, and it used to be a standard in every Bible back in the day, it was when you read a person's name, it gave you the phonetic pronunciation guide to it. What? And oh, I've never seen that before. Uh, is the old King James Bibles. Oh, they do, and, okay. and nobody does that. No. And as a guy who reads the text out loud sometimes, whoo, that would be really, really helpful. That also means that you can make it up however you want to and nobody's going to say anything. Unless the name appears a second time in the text. <laughs> you have to pronounce it the same way both mm. times. Um, Valid. Yep, you're right. So those are those are issues that. I have. So that was okay. just one of my observations. Uh, you know, if anyone has a question about any of that, um, man, leave a message on the the Facebook page. We we'd love to talk about that. Um, I think sometimes they can even leave a message if they're listening in Anchor. I think you can yeah. send a message in Anchor, yeah. which is actually where this podcast is being produced. Um, you can go back to that, which is how I typically link it. Um, I don't know if there's a way to leave a message on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify I don't or anything. Think so. I think so. Anchor does that. that okay, way. but through Anchor. So, so. Anchor, Facebook. Okay. But we'd love to talk about it and help you Text, with that anymore. Find so. him. Just an observation. Yep. Good stuff. Um, and that was good. It was actually what we were doing tonight. By the way, I looked at Books a Million for the book that I was looking for. Yeah, how'd that go? That did not go well because I was looking for a women's study, but it's under the section of Christian living. And I was looking for the book. First of all, it was not alphabetized. So you could start with the A's and it would be mostly A's and then B's and then C's. And she had, she's a W. So I was looking for a W and... In the middle of the W's, there were some B's and there were some E's and so it, it was, was just junky. It, it was, was alphabetized but on shuffle. It was, yes. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. I don't I don't necessarily know that they even had the book, which just means I need to go to Amazon and order it. Um, 
So that's happened. Okay, I have a little bit different. It's funny because you had a little bit different from the word. You actually were talking about the word, the word of the word of the Bible, the actual book, instead of something from the word. You were talking right. about the word. Um, I have something a little bit different only because this week I've been really stock full of studying through numbers and I don't really want to share things on this podcast because some people listen to this podcast who are also in the Wednesday night teaching and I don't want to cover the same material twice in two places but I will give a little sneak preview that we are talking about vows and we're going to start in the section of numbers we're in we're going to be talking about the Nazarite vows but I wanted to look and give an overall of other places where vows were made in the in the Bible now there's not a lot of vows in the New Testament. There might be twice that the word vow is even mentioned, maybe in the book of Acts. At some point, I think mm. Paul has to shave his head because of a vow that he had made. Right. I think. Late in the late in Acts. Yes. And it was like 18 and then after yeah, or something. Yeah. So that's like the only time that it's really mentioned in the New Testament. So the Old Testament vows were a thing. Again, I don't want to give all the information away. Just saying. So in covering this in tomorrow night's study for Wednesday Night Church, we're actually going to look at um, the vow that in the book of Jonah, which is the book that I said I could have used a tab. Because if I tell you, I've been trying to say when I was little, I had to memorize those books. And I was like, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. So like if you can get close to there, you'll find Jonah. Yes, you did happen to just open it up. But it takes two pages in, the, in your entire Bible. I mean, like, that's it. So it's very hard to find. It's squeezed in there between some other prophets and things. But I'm saying all this to say I'm going to talk about some vows in here. But actually, that's not what I'm talking about for the podcast right now. I was just really struck by second chances. Mm. Okay. So we're going to read Jonah chapter 1, starting with verses 1. Verses 1? With verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Don't you you wish you had the pronunciation? I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, but the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their evil has come up before me. Verse three, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Mm -hmm. Lord's presence. Okay, so that's, that's the setup. That's the story. Then the whole thing, and we know he's swallowed by a big fish, and he prays when he's in there, and that's when the vow comes in. Um, I want to look at chapter 3, starting with verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, and preach the message that I tell you. Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Yeah, that's good. I just read those in this juxtaposition next to each other when you actually just read 1-1 and 3-1 and look at it and say, this is, I mean, it's almost word for word, except instead of saying son of Amittai, it says a second time. And it says the same thing. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their evil has come up before me. That's what he's saying. Preach the message that I tell you. And just, I think that this was such an opportunity. I don't know. When I see it, it makes me think that God oftentimes gives us a second chance that looks exactly like the first chance when we've messed it up. Yeah. It's just such an obvious, okay, let's back up. Is it a mulligan you call it in golf? I wow, don't know. You are I know. So I'm just becoming an athletic minded person. But I think it's just it's almost like when you mess up like you're 
going forward and you mess up and you're like, okay, let's put it in reverse and you go and the tape rewinds and then you do it again. And it's like the same option is given, the same command is given, the same instruction is given. And this time you're like, okay, let's see if you get it right. And I just, I don't know. I don't have anything really further to say or expand about, you know, about that. Just that it's so exactly the same thing. Do you, do you find that to be more grace or do you find that to be more of the call to submit to the will of God? Ooh, How's the balance interesting. Because it, here, it here's on, your second I, chance. Yeah. But just like you said, your second chance is going to look like your first chance. This is what you need to do. I think I feel very much grace. I think when I read it, there's not, the Lord does not say, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Okay, you dummy. We've already done this before. I'm going to tell you one more time. You better get up. You're going to do it. Remember last time you went to the other place? Okay. We're not doing that again. You're not doing that again. You're supposed to get up and you're supposed to do He didn't say that. It's like no, but he it's also almost like say, the words came as a command to him. Almost like, hey, reminder, this is exactly how it sounded before. This is your opportunity to get it right. But it also doesn't say, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah and said, hang out in Tarshish and do your best job there in Tarshish. No. It says Nineveh is still the assignment. Exactly. And if you're going to be obedient. Right, right. You're going to put your feet in Nineveh. But it, but that's what I'm saying. If he said, okay, you can stay in Tarshish and just hang there, then it wouldn't be a second opportunity. Right. It wouldn't be a second chance. It would be a completely different thing. I, I can't explain, really, I wish I had time to think about it and understand like why this kind of makes me go like, whoa, that's really cool. That's really... I can't even fill in the blank of what it is. I just really noticed it and it got my attention and I just thought he really is giving, sometimes he gives us second chances that look exactly like the first chance. Can and I, we don't want to miss it. What? Can I ask you? Sure. Do you feel, can you think of a time in your life that you were given a second chance? Wow. Uh, spur of the moment. Nope, never. No. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are. Do you have one in mind? No, I... Oh, <laughs> like, it was really good. I'm now the podcast is falling apart. Like, why it connects with me? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it is the grace. I think it is the grace. I think there's also this... Sometimes we can live under this legalism rule of God's expectations, and we know that we're never going to perfect it. We're never going to nail it and get it exactly right. And there's just this example of... I mean, he totally messes it up. I mean, he clearly says, so he got on a boat and he went to Tarshish. Like, it's so clear. So he completely turned to 180 and went that way instead. And then we know what happens. The boat was rough and the seas were rough and he got thrown overboard and he got swallowed by this big fish. And this whole dramatic thing has happened to them, to him. And now here he is sitting on dry land, kind of like a restart button. And God says, okay, let's try this again. Here's your command again. Right. You know, and, and I just think that is grace. I don't think I can think of anything that's hyper-specific, but I, I do think of it in terms of our kids. Well, yes, we, it's very parent We have not yes. gotten it right every time right, with our kids, right. and yet God calls us back and says, go back mm -hmm. and, and do it again. Love right. them, lead right. them, care right. for them. 
um, in the same way, I think, in terms of ministry, mm-hmm. uh, in our way in which we've served churches. I think mm-hmm. we can look back and say, oh, man, we didn't get that right. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that mm-hmm. right. And yet God invites us back and says, mm-hmm. here's another place or here's right. the same place. Right. Here's your opportunity to, to get those things mm-hmm. right. Uh, we are incredibly grateful uh, for the fact that he continues right. to invite us even after we've messed up. Yeah, it's it's just a reset of the same thing. And there's also, we also, yes, there is the reality of he's not removing necessarily his command that he's given you. So you can keep trying to run away and you can keep trying to escape and you can keep trying to do something else. But you know what? He's It's like a video game, I guess, where the they like, when you die in a video game, like an old school video game, okay. like a, ni- a 1980 video game, <laughs> they go with albums or CDs or vinyls or whatever, that where you like get picked up and you like get dropped off back at the beginning again, like that's what happens. Like he's almost like he just picks you up and he puts your little character back at the beginning and you got to run the race again kind of thing. So, kind of like Candyland. Well, or that too. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played Candyland in a long time. You Sometimes go back you have to, to the go. beginning and start all over again. Oh, I thought that was like shoots and ladders. Well, that too. Oh, <laughs> we are really aging ourselves in this podcast. So, anyhow, I don't know. I just so I don't the grace, know. the grace catches the grace. you. And I guess I just don't know what people might be facing where they're like, you know what? I, I disobeyed. I was disobedient. I've gone through this trial or trouble because I wasn't obeying, and God's just giving a reset and saying, okay, I'm still saying the same thing now listen and obey and that's what Jonah did so I mean I guess I wanted to be encouragement for my own life in ways that may happen and what I see and I mean in big ways and small ways and also just want it to be an encouragement for those listening to the podcast that there could be some things that are really big or small that it's like he's still going to call you to that same obedience listen and hear that and then be obedient He's yeah. going to give you a second chance. He Don't miss the second aside. chance. He hasn't Don't thrown you miss aside. the second chance. Yeah. So. And receive it with joy right. and, and go to it. Right. Exactly. So, All right. I let's like take that. a break. Good. We got some wrongs and strongs. Oh, boy. They're coming. Okay. Here we go. Wrongs and strongs. And I'm going to let you go first this week, which I think typically happens. But go ahead. All right. Uh wrong real simple uh part of our errand running tonight we went out to dinner at an unnamed restaurant that's true and you tried to order oh and the person said that item did not exist they did not say that existed you pointed to one of four pictures on the screen and said it's that one right there. i want the picture i said i told him you see that right there i want that in the picture. It was almost as though he didn't even see the wall of pictures. No, no. It was kind of not great. It was it was kind of rough. Yeah. Yep. He said that today was only his third day. Right. But I wasn't sure whether he was counting for, forwards or backwards. <laughs> like he's going to get fired soon. But there were not a lot of people working there. So I think they just had to take whoever they ha- they could get. So. I guess so. But that, yeah. was, that was rough. It was rough. It was, it was rough. rough. Yep. If you do your job, you should be trained, and then you can be in the unknown while you're being trained, and then you should do your job and try to do it well. There was a picture. picture. I want this, and he said that didn't exist. No, he had to get help. (laughs) He had to get help to tell me that that did actually exist, and then he ended up putting in the register, and it all made sense. But it took. Yes. It literally took five minutes for you to order the item on the picture. It did. Yeah, it did. That was not good. You're right. (laughs) So I was trying to come up with my strong for the week. And, um, you know, it's 
you know, not every week is full of strong. And mm-hmm. sometimes there are some weeks that just kind of drag a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's the time of year at church that's not always the easiest time of year at church. It's doing budget uh, stuff, which when you play with the numbers and you're you're working with committees, it's not mm-hmm. always enjoyable. And trying to squeeze that stuff out, it's just... It's just not really enjoyable. Sometimes not everybody in a church is happy with their pastor. What? I'm always happy with my pastor. That's except, not true. That's <laughs> like, except when I'm not. <laughs> so, and sometimes they're not happy with the pastor. And sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you find out that they're not happy with yeah. the pastor. And so some, you know, I thought... It no, just but happens. I mean, like, it's just not, real yeah, life. Yeah, you're not perfect, um, and the church isn't perfect, and sometimes there's just crossways things, yeah, you know? I mean, so that the happens. The people listening to this pod, yeah. they have weeks that are like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to pass on doing that one again. And it wasn't even, right. a t- it's not right. a terrible week or anything like that, but but it's just, it's got weight to it, and it's right. just got stuff. So I, I was just trying to think. Wait, I just realized this is supposed to be your strong. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. I'm getting there. I just I'm gotta like, have I'm context. Definitely feeling like this is still wrong. Okay? okay, all right. Um, but I was just trying to think. Okay, so what does encourage me this week? Okay, where 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 do I get encouraged? Because the truth of the matter is, I'm not walking around discouraged. I'm yes. not walking right. around no, frustrated. That's right. no. There's stuff there that I'm like, okay, what am I gonna celebrate? But right. But okay, what does encourage me? And I just think in terms of because I'm thinking a little bit about ministry and I'll just say it is but there're just a handful of things that really do encourage me this week and and every week one it's an incredible privilege to preach mm. and to open up the word of god and to teach the word of god that's that's amazing yeah. that I get to do that on a regular week. Uh, not because it's me, but because the, the word is so great. I mean, that's yes. what the whole podcast is built yes. about. It's an incredible privilege. Um, in our context, man, it is so awesome to serve with the team that we have at our church. Mm-hmm. They are so strong. They're, they're so gifted. They are so committed to the things of God. Mm-hmm. They really work so well. And man, just spending time with that right. group just always encourages right. me and lifts me up and it's fantastic uh and then the other thing is that just for myself i do find joy in leading and helping a church be effective in its work mm-hmm. and helping people follow christ more deeply in their mm-hmm. life and so when i think about uh what encourages me this week particularly in terms of my, my work and my ministry mm-hmm. uh, the privilege to preach to serve with the team that I get to serve with and then just in any way to be helpful in helping a church and a group of believers and individual believers be more effective in following after Christ. That's really, really awesome. And that, my friend, is strong. Yeah, I'm like, well, and that's also your calling. So that yeah. works really well that your your calling is fulfilled and feeling strong. Um that's really great. I do not have anything of depth as like that. So I'm like, now how am I supposed to follow up with that serious note? Have at it. Okay, I will. So last Thursday night, meaning like less than a week ago, Thursday night, I posted a question on Facebook because I like to ask questions on Facebook. Yes. And people answer. You are a Currently, curious person. This morning I asked about the cereal. Soggy, how, you know, soggy or crunchy, how much milk? I I don't know how many people have responded. Probably about 40 people have responded already. So Thursday. Is this your wrong or your strong? This, oh, hey, by the way, I'm going to pull a Tim here and I'm going to make a combo wrong and strong, which I have yet to do. You know what also is a strong? What? 
those peanut butter filled pretzels. pretzels. Yeah, oh, Mama bought good. for you oh, a bag of them, wow. and you they ate were like them. Andersons or something yes, like that. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Oh my goodness! I forgot. That's true. That that's that's true. Those made you very happy today yeah, when you had those. Yeah. So okay, so I asked this question on Facebook on Thursday. Do you still have your high school yearbooks? Okay. Are you asking me? Nope. I already know the answer for you. Okay. Um, and that was my question. And I just really assumed that it was going to be kind of a mixed bag with like most people might have them, but it was going to be mixed. Okay. I just looked. I had 75 people respond, 75 comments, 75 people answered that. Okay. There were zero people that did not currently have their high school yearbooks. Now, I would say that's not actually true. Probably two or three people did not have them because of flood, fire, or damage not to a home. Not something in their control. It was not that they just gave away or got rid of their yearbooks. Now, I'm going to say that's my wrong part because I felt really horrible because in our moves, I've get, I've got rid of my yearbooks over time, a while ago. I'm trying ago. to think when you got rid of yours because I remember seeing it. Um, because you went to Clearwater High School. I did. Um, and then the name of your yearbook was Agua. Aqua Clara. Yeah. Aqua Clara, which is Clearwater in Spanish. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. So, I mean, so I've I remember had seeing them. I, but in some move, I think maybe I they never moved opened to... it and looked inside it. Well, what? I would have saved them if you had. I would have thought, oh, he must have cared. But anyhow, it's just not I really something... didn't want to read all the little inscriptions in there. <laughs> we'll be it's... best friends forever. Yeah, it's just something that I just, my heart didn't need. They were heavy. They took up space. I just didn't, if I want those relationships currently, I have relationships with people in high school. And like, I'm friends with them. I don't, I just don't. I don't, I don't know. And I felt really wrong about that. I, I felt like, oh my god. So you goodness. asked a simple question yes! just for kicks. Thinking. And it, and it gave you a, a... Oh, I felt terrible. Like okay. I felt really, I was, I mean, I think for two days I was like, babe, I cannot believe that like everyone has their yearbooks. Now, you don't have your yearbooks anymore either. Are you sure I don't have them? Yeah. They did not make the move here. There's a box. Mm, there's a box with like your letter jacket in it and some baseball cards, but I okay, don't the think important stuff. Stayed. Yeah. 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 But I think we talked about it. And I mean, I think you were aware of this at the time. Um, and clearly it doesn't matter to you cause you don't know if you have them or not, but, but like we just got rid of them. There's the, I don't know. I don't care. So, but I started feeling really bad. Like I must've clearly done something wrong because we don't have ours. And I feel like we're the only people in this planet that don't have their yearbooks on purpose. Um, it was very wrong. You know, there's a lot of those yearbooks that have been digitized that you can find them online. Probably. Well, then here's my strong. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that is my strong. My strong is that I've thought about it and I'm like, wow, I feel really bad. Like we probably shouldn't have done that. And then I'm like, no, it's my life. I don't care. And I do not miss. And even the question and even thinking through it and even thinking about high school and even thinking maybe one day our children would want to see these things, which isn't true, y'all. I don't really want to have to take care of my grandmother's yearbooks. So it's your life. Yeah. But there's four years missing from it. It's fine. The strong thing is <laughs> it still doesn't bother me. And I'm glad that I made the decision I made because I have no regrets over not having them anymore. So it's kind of a combo. 
I kind of went through a crisis of who am I? Did I do wrong? And then the strong is I came out saying, nope, pretty fine with it. Pretty fine with it. But you're okay with everyone that still has theirs. I don't care if they keep them. It's yeah. not my business. It's not my house. So I don't have. A, I don't think everyone should get rid of their yearbooks. I think that if your house is over cluttered, and I think if you prize your yearbooks over a lot of other things in life, then there's probably some adjustment that needs to happen. But so if no. we had one more room in our house, no, I would still not hold the yearbooks. If we had two more rooms, in no, our house, nope, nope. If we had an entire wing of our house dedicated to yearbooks. Nope. I would never have a house like that. So, <laughs> no. So, anyhow, that's it. I'm going to keep asking questions. Today's question was easy about cereal. doesn't really matter. No crisis about you, your cereal? You know how that question came about? The questions are always kind of purposeful. Sometimes people tell me a question because they're like, hey, you need to ask this question, which I actually still have one I need to ask, which I haven't asked yet. People bring me questions because they know I'll get answers to it. But this one came because this morning I had to eat my cereal so fast before it got soggy. And I thought, am I the only person in the world who wants crunchy cereal but also milk? And that's where the question came from. Aren't there some cereals that stay crunchy longer? Um, I guess so, yes, probably. Most flakes, They don't taste good. Most flake cereals... Get soggy. Fast. Yes. Now, the only thing I'll tell you is I like Raisin Bran Nut Crunch, and I don't mind that one if it gets a little bit softer, but... Yeah, that's a soggy cereal. But my Cheerios and my Frosted Mini Wheats... And you don't like a granola cereal. I do not. Which is the crunchiest of nope. them all. Nope. All right, this has gone on long enough. We've done wrongs and strongs plus part of our daily eating habit, so we got to wrap it up. So thanks for joining us this week. We will be back next week. We will, oh, we're going to, you know what? We're going to have to put a delay on next week because we are making a trip to Florida to go check on your mom and dad Monday and Tuesday. So we'll either have to do an early podcast Sunday or, mm, I don't know, we will figure it out. Y'all stay tuned and find out how it ends up.